1: All right, we're live on the Backdoor Cut Show This is Sam, a.k.a. the Barn Chief we got Mason, a.k.a. Slim at the Barn Burner On a late Friday afternoon You're probably driving home from work right now Not on Twitter, but if you are, tune in Because we're about to talk about the uh, the bubble And uh, how the Grizzlies fared in it Uh, And then the upcoming game Versus the Trailblazers, spoiler alert They are in the play-in We are on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel So check us out on there as well Wherever you can listen to your digital radio and uh, and and don't forget to follow us on Twitter uh, at Backdoor Cut Show and at our individual handles and check out all the good stuff at the Barn Burner. But the bubble is has concluded. I, I I think personally and and up to and I'll ask you this too, but I think it has been for the most part a resounding success. The uh, there was no COVID test, which is really all you can ask for in terms of the health of the players. The the uh, the. Uh, games were really competitive and i thought pretty good basketball considering everyone just took four months off which is surprising and uh and then the uh the games were exciting and there was like stakes the the play-in thing i think was a success as well when you had the the way that these games came down to the wire and you had a brooklyn um portland game that mattered significantly you know if if portland loses then they're out totally and if they win then then the eight seed which is exactly what you want and exactly what the nba wanted when they planned this with the exception of the pelicans being terrible um <laughs> they definitely wanted them still in but what you know what was your opinion of the bubble uh, at, at large
0: well i mean first of all i've got to say boy was i wrong because uh, i didn't think the bubble was going to work i didn't even think we were going to make it to the bubble and i mean i couldn't have been more wrong it's been a resounding success like you said and I mean, it's been great. Honestly, you get basketball all day for like these two and a half weeks um, with meaningful matchups in um, most cases because the playoff seating were only set for a couple of teams for uh, the majority of the bubble. You know, a lot of people still had something to play for. Um, We saw a lot of players really step up and uh, like T.J. Warren, Devin Booker. And I mean, shout out to the Suns. They went 8-0 in the bubble. Still didn't get in. That let you know how bad they were before, <laughs> which I know we're going to hit on this, but the national media just like forgets that the Grizzlies won a bunch of games and were over 500 uh, for a period of time before COVID shut us down. Like there's, there's now it's just, oh, the Grizzlies suck. And they don't mention that Tyus Jones is one of the best backup point guards in the league. They don't mention that Jaron Jackson was averaging 25 a game and looking like the best young big man in the league and they don't mention the fact that Justice Winslow is also out they just think we suck for no reason <laughs> like it's tough man I, I know you've got strong feelings on the media man so I, just how frustrated does that make you when you hear them go on and talk everybody wants to see Portland and Phoenix and it's just like we're the team that it's like we didn't win the games to get into the 8th or ninth seed Is in their minds how does it make you feel yeah, I mean, the same way, frustrated.
1: And and the uh, it, the begrudging kind of putting of us in is always like, I feel like they're just begrudgingly have us in the playoffs and they just wish the numbers didn't exist or they wish they could just erase games from our win column or just pretend like we aren't there based on the metrics. Um, and, you know, you'll hear us put in the spin zone about the uh, early schedule being so easy and about, uh, you know, like uh, all the other teams just underperforming their their potential. But at some point, like, a team is who they are. You know, like the Pelicans just sucked this year and they sucked in the bubble. And so like, that's just who they are right now. They might very well get better and they likely should. But like the Suns also, you know, seemed to make a jump in the bubble, but they kind of had a different team. You know, that Oubre wasn't playing. Aiden was back. He was suspended for, you know, doing steroids or something. We don't know performance-enhancing drugs. <laughs> right. um, yeah, it was something. Uh, and he he's back. And so you have, uh, you know, Baines is not here. So you have, like, a their number one pick, uh, you know, like a super talented big man. So they're a different team, too. They got r- really good play from their bench, which was surprising to see. Um, the point is is that I-, I don't think that the people should be pointing the finger at the Grizzlies and saying, why did the Grizzlies do this? Why are we not watching Suns Blazers? Which I get as an objective NBA fan, like – I would probably want that, I, I would think. Um, but also, you know, yeah. the Grizzlies are in the spot. They aren't the Grizzlies of old, which I, I think that no one's figured that out yet. I don't I mean, I don't know if a lot of people have watched us. I don't know why they would have. They can't unless they have league pass. Right. Because uh, no one just has like Sports South. So you're not able to hear Pete and Brevin chop it up. But you can't see us. Um, you're not going to check us out because we don't have a star yet. Uh, but you know we do play a really exciting brand of basketball, and even if we miss a ton of shots, we're going to launch them and run up and down the court. And Jock ja could do anything at any time. Um, so I, I, it's just kind of a misnomer to think of us as the Memphis team of old, uh, or just not a good team because we we overachieve. But uh, you know, here we are. We uh, I have to say though that like I think if we had won a fir- those first couple of games that we had Jaron before he was hurt. Um, which, you know, were, which you've already discussed on the pod. But those, especially the first two Spurs and Blazers games that won possession games, won in overtime. Uh, it, it's a situation where if we win those, first of all, we're the 8th seed. And then second of all, I don't think a lot of people can point to us and be like they're shitty because they went 2-6 and six in the bubble. Um, just like how I feel like you can't overreact to that. Like we can't now say the Suns are as good as the Warriors in the 2016, right? Like just because they went 8-0 and o doesn't mean they're good. Um, and just cause we went two and six doesn't mean that we're bad. Uh, there's a lot of factors that account for that and just no one's, no one's paying attention to those things. Yeah. It looks like we lost Mason. Hopefully he will click back in. Um, yeah. So moving on to the, uh, to the game specifically, you know, we have a, uh, oh, you back. Yeah, you man, back? I'm back. Sorry oh, about that. Oh, cool. no, you good. Um. Yeah. Moving on to the the uh, our performance specifically, you know, two and six, not great. I know you guys talked about the first uh, six games, so we won't rehash. But uh, what did you think of the last two games of the season? Celtics and Bucks, uh, which notably two teams that had their playoff position solidified. They had nothing to play for in theory, except to keep their legs warm uh, and develop some of their deep bench and maybe keep some momentum and and make sure that you know none of them were. Um, get too cold before that playoffs start but um you know why don't you why don't you discuss what happened in those games
0: well you know the celtics uh, i thought we fought hard it was just a matter of they had way more talent on the court than we did i mean when you have kimba jalen brown gordon hayward jason tatum as your four guys going up against ja dylan <laughs> kyle anderson and whoever anton anthony Tolliver. you know i mean it's is not even a fair fight really so didn't expect to win that game but I once we knew that the Celtics weren't going to just rest their guys you know I thought it was interesting that that they did risk that because they have championship I mean they have a legit shot at winning the East and playing one of the LA teams in the in the finals um, and it almost bit them when Jason Tatum landed on I believe it was Jv's foot it uh, looks similar to when Kawhi landed on Zaza's um, but, you know, luckily Tatum was okay. That, w- that would have just sucked to see. You know, Verno hits on it all the time when Tony Allen got hurt in the last game before the playoffs, a meaningless game against the Mavs. And then he had to watch Andrew Harrison, James Ennis, Wayne Seldon, try to guard Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> yeah, that was tough. So, I mean, being a loyal Verno um, church member, it just, I can't get that out of my head. So anytime I see these big time guys playing in meaningless games, you know, I just hope for the best, but if Tatum was literally an inch away. Um, so whatever with the Celtics game, you know, they, they really just kind of handed it to us. We hung around like within 10, but we had no chance of really winning that game. Then the Milwaukee game. I mean, we were kind of the the running gun Grizzlies that we have come to know and love, you know, uh, we saw Dylan go off for 31 points. I mean, one of the best games, definitely the best game he had in the bubble and one of his best games since his – when he couldn't miss in January, you know. Um, so, like to see that, especially going into this game with the Blazers because he's going to need to put up points. Uh, as we all know or should know by now, Portland does not play defense. So, the shots will be there for Dylan. Um, and we just got to knock him down. Hopefully, he can ride this confidence. Then we had the first uh, double, triple double in franchise history, in the 10th in NBA history, with Jai getting a triple double and Valentinus getting a, a triple double. Um, I mean, that was a cool moment. That was a really cool moment, but not as cool as getting that win and having everybody healthy for this play in game.
1: Uh, yeah, like the, you were pretty heated about the Celtics game though. I mean, in the group chat, you were, you know, some fuck the Celtics. Uh, <laughs> I hope they, you know, I hope that they lose in the first round, things like sure. that, in uh, because you thought that that was that was kind of a shisty move. That it didn't make sense from a basketball personnel perspective, and it just seemed like adding insult to injury. There's talk about maybe doing it to to improve our our their the draft pick that we owe them. Uh, that would seem to be, I guess, make sense, but also like. You know, I, it was it was a weird scenario. And, and I don't think it sat well with anyone like I mean, Taylor Jenkins is not happy with Brad Stevens, right? Like he's yeah, well, yeah he's going to think about that every time he plays her from now
0: on. And even beyond that game as just a fan of the NBA, I don't want to see Brad Wanamaker and, you know, Marcus Smart playing 40 minutes in the playoffs in the second round against Jimmy Butler. Like I want to see the Celtics and the heat go at it. I want to see the great players play. And it was just a meaningless game. It, it, like no matter how you lay it out to me, if you wanted to build up in conditioning, I don't even buy that because you're playing the 76ers team who's not that good in the first round um, and you you're playing well. you know they weren't really playing well until that Grizzlies game. so maybe that had something to do with it. He wanted them to get some confidence like we needed Dylan Brooks to get some confidence mm-hmm. but just as an NBA fan seeing guys playing meaningless games, doesn't make sense to me when you're two games away from the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and the, the, the it makes sense to get your guys going for sure. The only two games uh, that the Grizzlies won were the only two games which they were net positive in as a team. Makes sense, but, you know, uh, I think it kind of, kind of shows the narrow margin this team walks. You know, they have to play at a team net positive in order to win. Uh, right. And if they don't, they lose probably, you know, pursuant to their pretty mediocre defense, uh, which, which makes sense. Uh, also, the only two games they won were home games. Uh, do we think that has anything to do? <laughs> I really don't. I don't think the players okay. can hear the virtual fans or anything like that. What about um, the uh, the familiar sounds of the arena, like the uh, outdated Metallica, the inner support order? <laughs> like, I'm not even a fan of that, and I like Metallica, but like, I, don't, I know they don't give a fuck about that. Uh, yeah. But, but it does. It does. It sounds familiar. And even as a watcher, uh, when I hear that, I'm like, oh, and then, I don't know, it kind of like... It feels familiar. Do you think that has any sort of like slight mental to do with it?
0: Uh, maybe, but I don't think it's as loud in the arena as we think it is. I think it's louder on the broadcast. Um, just from what I've heard on podcasts and stuff like the the arena feel seems pretty weird if you're there in person. I mean, when we saw yeah, uh, who hit the game winner a, co- a couple nights ago, uh, Kuzma. And, like, you could hear LeBron, like, yelling down the court. Like, there's no eruption. You know, the the crowd reaction is not automatic and perfect. So, I I think it's a lot different for the guys in the bubble, which is, um, you know, kind of a a testament to them getting their own selves fired up and ready to go, something the Grizzlies have struggled with. But you've seen the teams that can do that. Uh, have a you know much better chance of winning because they're just going to be playing harder and want it more. It's
1: it's like the uh, I think the, the players that well more senior players can get themselves up to play with with li- with little motivation. I think just by experience, it's like it's like your job, man. You get better at it every year you do it. Um, and then also guys like Dame that thrive on just like playing pissed off and and kind of doing the MJ or Kobe thing of like pretending like they've been slighted. And in his case, it was actually slighted by Paul George and and, uh, and Patrick Beverly. Um, but, you know, like, if you can get in that headspace, y- we've seen these guys be able to perform even more so than they do during the regular season on this stage. Uh, and, and none of our guys, I think, are there yet. Jock can kind of have that chip uh, and play kind of like with the when he thinks he's the best player on the floor. But, you know, for the first couple of games of the season, or the bubble restart, he really wasn't coming out, I think, as hard as we wanted him to. Um, but yeah, it would be fucking bizarre. I think to play in those games, like a few times I have seen videos of like a a shot or whatever. It's just like the shot goes in and like a few people yell and it's, it is weird. Uh, but it does look great on television. So I guess our product's great. Uh, but you're right. Kudos to the guys. Uh, yeah. So our, our overall eight games, uh, we had, we shot a 39% from the field. Um, we shot, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, no. This is this is John Moran. Let me get my team stats. Well, let's go with John. So John, John over this eight game restart. Nineteen points a game uh, on seventeen attempts. He shot thirty nine percent from the field. Not great. Um, wow. He shot twenty two percent from from three, which is not what you want. I think uh, I think he's nine of forty at this point. Eighty one percent from the line, which is good. Uh, he's getting to the free throw line, uh, shooting five five point five attempts per game, which is a uh, more A whole free throw uptick From the regular season Which is exactly What we want to see him doing Probably where he's getting Most of his points And then A uh, 10 assists per game And a surprising uh, Six and a half boards Per game I think he's He's taking it upon himself To rebound a little more And uh, push the break Which I've noticed uh, A little bit Westbrookian um, Maybe Probably getting rebounds That he Didn't have to get But he just kind of Gets it to start the offense Rather than wait for the ball To You know Get into his hands From whoever rebounds um, so I have noticed that he's played seven more minutes per game than he played in the regular season. I know y'all talked about that. Uh, and it is a little bit concerning for sure, uh, with young legs. Um, but you know, and Zach Lowe wrote about this and something, someone tweeted about Zach Lowe and how like he points out stuff that you talk about in your group chat, um, that you, you know, when you watch your team game in and game out, like he's really good at figuring out those trends that you can only know by watching. He's like the guy that actually watches every team. And he pointed out that everyone, like all twenty-nine coaches, got on a Zoom call and said, "Just go under screens on Ja, and <laughs> like, like force him to shoot, um, force him to come right off that screen, step into a three, and just don't let him get into the paint. Um, and then, you know, you just make him make threes. Uh, and they have done that, and so far, it's been insanely successful. He is not just not making that three; um, he is not able to get downhill and get into the paint." uh and the times that he has everyone and their moms collapse on him and he either turns the ball over or throws up a wild shot uh and the times we've seen him thrive are the are the defenses like our own are the defenses that set their big men back and drop coverage and he's able to get to that sweet spot you know 10 foot floater that he likes uh but otherwise like it's kind of been a tough road to go for job what do you think of his performance so far in these eight games
0: yeah, I mean, it could have been better, but I think the the fatigue had a lot to do with his performance. I mean, eight games in 14 days is basically unheard of for these guys at this time, um, especially for someone who was only playing around 30 minutes a game um, and has been off for four months. You know, you think about them being off for four months as a positive to their conditioning level, but... We all know nothing is like playing in an NBA game, so there's still that build-up to get back to where where you were in March when we left off, um, and you were kind of building up at that point. So I think the fatigue is one thing. Like he's never, you know, never done this at this high a level. Um, this, I mean, no one's ever done this eight games in fourteen days. Like maybe a while ago, but not since like science has been, uh, you know, acknowledged. <laughs> but I mean, you can't argue with the teams. Sagging off of him. That's what we're going to see tomorrow against Portland. Um, and he's just got to knock down a couple shots. And, I mean, that's another reason that our defense has to be has to get our offense going. If we're having to walk the ball up court and play half-court basketball, we're going to struggle. That's just what it is with the tools we have. Like, we cannot play half-court basketball. We need Melton forcing steals, Kyle getting steals. Like you said, Ja getting the board uh, and taking it down court. Uh, I mean, I think he's probably our second leading rebounder in the bubble. Uh, Brandon Clark might be right under him with six or so a game, but I mean, we don't we're not a strong rebounding team like outside of Valanchunas, who luckily is a vacuum down there. Um, without him, like I hate to see what we would be on the boards. But for the most part, um, I mean, Jaw's being good, you know, we're not losing because of Jaw's performances. Um, but Dylan, I mean, he's the key, you know, Dylan is our key. He, he, he led us in scoring 20 points per game in the bubble, only shot 28% from three and 44% overall. So when your top two scorers are shooting a combined 42% from the field and 25% from three, you're lucky to be two and eight, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. And and you were in a couple other games too. I mean,
1: the Grizzlies haven't been totally blown out, and but but you know one or two of these games really. I mean, the Celtics game really was the only blowout. Yeah, Raptors they had a chance, but that was just a better team. That yeah. defense was stifling, but uh, but yeah, I mean, like you, I really can't complain about anyone's performance. Dylan was the real villain for a while, uh, which is what everyone likes to refer to him as. But you know, then he had what I think is his best game ever, uh, and something that I would like to see you know, done with Ja and was done with Dylan was that he had. They ran a couple early plays for him, purposeful by Jenkins. uh, A couple like elbow uh, dribble handoffs, right out of uh, right out of uh, Valanciunas' hands. Which obviously the a lot of loose crediting of the assists there, which I loved. (laughs) Um, The Valanciunas dribble handoff and and a one dribble pull up for for Dylan gets him a clean look in rhythm in his his sweet spot, and that's exactly what you wanted to see. Uh, And then once he gets that going, then he just gets better. It's just he's just. I mean, every basketball player is like that, and maybe him more so, um, then those bad shots start going in. Uh, and then once he's hit a couple of them and I know he's like in a rhythm, then I'm more okay with him taking those shots. Yeah. But it's like when he starts that way. So I thought that was really wise to get him going in that respect. would really like to see them do that with Ja, too. Uh, maybe that you know that jumper keeps falling if they can get him some off ball action um, and and so he doesn't have to do everything. but then again, if he's not doing it, then who is? There's no one else that can um, that can orchestrate anything. So that's the problem. Um, so that, that's that been good to see. Hopefully Dylan continues that. But uh, as Verno says, he doesn't think he's going to be in a Grizzlies uniform next year. So, you know, we'll see about that.
0: Uh, I mean, these, this you know, next two games, next game could play a big part in moving forward. If we get the controlled, still chaotic Dylan, which is good Dylan, um, or we just get wild as hell Dylan who does whatever he wants. Um, you know, when he's, when he's thinking the game, He's a really good player. It's just sometimes the shot selection kills our momentum, kills the offense. Um, But when he's hot, he's great. And make no mistake about it. Like, we got to have hot Dylan tomorrow against the Blazers. Yeah, it comes Um, down to like it. You know, the two games
1: we've won, we've made 12 to 14 threes. You know, and all the games we've lost, we made under, you know, single digit threes. We're still shooting around 40 threes a game. Uh, so it's just a matter of like, are we going to hit those, you know, like high thirties, low forties and total amount of threes. And if we, if the shots go down, cause they're there, yeah, you know, they're leaving us open. They're collapsing on jaw. I mean, shooters are, well, guys are getting shots, but those guys are Kyle Anderson, Brandon Clark, Dante Meldon, you know, guys that, that aren't known or <laughs> yeah, hey, Grayson, well. Grayson,
0: shout out to hey, Grayson. Been the
1: lo- Grayson has been the one lone spot. He's the one guy that when he catches the bomb, I'm, I'm more likely than not, I think it's going to go in. Uh, and, and he's played great. He plays under control, but he just can't He can't do more than what he does, um, which is a limited role. But, you know, he's still really good at that, which I appreciate. Yeah, uh, I was really tired, too. Like, I've noticed that the Trailblazers in that Nets game were so gassed, and they weren't even going up for rebounds. That's how, like, uh, Afro Man was, like, literally getting every rebound known to man, and they couldn't do anything about it because, like, they were so exhausted. So I'm, I'm slightly hoping that in this Blazers game, We get a a pretty exhausted Trailblazers team. You know, CJ's got a broken back allegedly, even though no one's talking about that for some reason. Um, Everyone's really tired. It's not a must win, so they can't convince, you know, Dame can't convince himself that he needs to get up for it. And maybe we, you know, maybe we get a a little bit of an easier game that way. But uh, the way Dame's playing, you know, he's the reason they're winning. I mean, the team's not good.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, just talk about them like giving the Lakers a run for their money. Okay. Are we watching the same basketball? Yeah. <laughs> like, the the Blazers have barely been been beating teams B teams. They had the the Nuggets who didn't play Jokic down the stretch and basically didn't have any guards. Uh, they beat the Clippers without Patrick Beverly, without Paul George playing down the stretch. I think Kawhi set out. No Montrez. Yep like the 76ers didn't have Embiid after the first quarter. Cause he got hurt. They already down Ben Simmons. I think they got the healthy Mavs. Um, and then, I mean, the nets are a bunch of role players thrown together outside of Karis LeVert, who was awesome. I mean, shout out to Dame. What he's done has been just incredible to watch. Incredibly fun to watch. Uh, even as someone who used to doubt Dame and hate on him, I, I think he's the best point guard in the league right now. Um, you know, including Steph Curry, that the shot from half court is just ridiculous and it looks so just easy for him. Like, yeah. it, it, you know, Steph's shot, he has to get a little more into it, it seems like, but Dame's shot, I mean, it just looked like he was pulling up right at the line, yeah,
1: man. Uh, and, and like his, his, uh, the take that shot at that moment, and people have said it, it's like, what a crazy shot, but for him, it's not <laughs> like, and then the announcers are like. Dame Lillard shoots forty percent from uh, from forty feet out, like, and it's like, oh, actually, that's like, a, you know, a really great shot. Uh, him and Steph now are the only two players in NBA history to average forty percent uh, while shooting over ten attempts from three per game. Um, so it, his he had a season this season. Dame did, rivaling that of Steph's MVP season, um, albeit not as many assists. And Steph shot forty five percent that year uh, on, on fourteen attempts <laughs> a game. Which is insane, uh, and and you know his. I mean that season's crazy. When you look it up, you're like, that's a video
0: game. Uh, yeah, and uh, I, you know Dame wasn't he wasn't on the streak when we played eight games ago. He only had twenty two and eleven, or uh, how many? How much did he had? He had twenty nine and nine. Um, so you know if if we hold him to twenty nine tomorrow, I like our chances. Honestly, no, for sure. Yeah, I mean they they've needed every bit of those
1: points that he scores to to win the games they're in. And you know, like four of their five guys on the court at all times are terrible defenders. Yeah, and a, and they have a, no
0: bench, no bench. Like our bench is no. deeper than theirs. They, they bring off uh, a Hassan Whiteside, who's hit or miss, and then uh, what's what's the other guy's name? Gary Trent. Who? Yeah, Gary know, Trent was a flame thrower at first. Has uh, come back to earth a
1: little bit. Uh, yeah. For a while, he was shooting like sixty five percent, couldn't miss. Now he's like turned into you know, a, still a great three point shooter. Um. Yeah, you know, we'll see. I I uh,
0: I think they can get one. Do you um, remember how we lost the how we lost the first game? The, like the final sequence. No. Mello had hit hit two threes and uh Jai threw the lob to Brandon Clark and he like tipped it in. Um and then Mello missed a corner three and Jaws racing down the court and slips and falls. Oh yeah. And then we go to overtime. <laughs> it's like God damn it. <laughs> That oh, was man. so frustrating. felt so long ago, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ja had twenty-two and eleven that game. Of course, Jaron had thirty-three and looked like the best player on the floor. CJ had thirty-three as well. Um, we got good Brandon Clark that game. He had twenty-one and seven. So hopefully he can replicate that because uh, he he looks fatigued. Like he's barely dunking the ball, um, which is unheard of for someone who's usually tomahawking that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, JV had 16, but only four rebounds. And I think he only played like 14 minutes because I can't, I think foul trouble or Dame foul was trouble. putting him in the blender. One of the uh, two. Both. The, the reason he was
1: in foul trouble is because he, he would, uh, he, he plays the drop coverage. So Dame gets downhill and then he fouls Dame. Uh,
0: yeah. So it's
1: like, you got, we got to stop that from happening. We need him on the offensive end and rebounding too. And like, I don't know what, I, I, I you I think you have to change your defense in this game, man. This is a do or die game. You've I'm, got to bring I'm doubling, the gun.
0: I'm doubling Dame. I'm yeah, not even playing. Like if CJ with the broken back, you know, I mean CJ had like he 20, always kills us though. He had like twenty something in the first half last night, but uh, then he started missing. Yeah, it's, it's not the fear that Dame puts in me. No, no. you know, if CJ and Melo combine for sixty, I'll live with that. Like. I think um, a lot like how Nick Nurse and the Rockets defend James Harden. Like, just we get the ball out of his hands and make the others beat us. Because th- there's not a lot of others. <laughs> like, yeah. And if we can avoid Dame going on a 10-0 run by himself and just, you know, getting that I'm going for 50 mentality, I like our chances. You mentioned they have played, like, eight home run games. Now, granted, the Grizzlies games have been a lot, too. But the Blazers have a lot more pressure on them than the young Grizzlies do. And they put a lot more pressure on themselves than the young Grizzlies seem to have done. um, Just with the lack of inspired play to start the bubble uh, or midway through the bubble to start the bubble. We were pretty good. Um, But I I really think we can win a game Saturday. I think it's going to be key to not foul early. Dylan can't get in foul trouble. Kyle can't get in foul trouble. We can't have them going to the line. Um, we need to be the aggressor, throw that first punch. I mean, these guys are tired. You said it. Like, if, if we can throw that first punch and get a big lead, they're going to be like, well, we got another chance tomorrow. Um, and I, I think that's going to be critical. Staying out of early foul trouble, putting them on the line, and just getting going early. Like you said, running those plays for Dylan and Jaw. Seeing if JV can get Nurk out of there.
1: I like our chances though. Yeah, the the, I mean, there's talk too of us going small um, because just that that seems to be the only way to really match up, defend them, Um, especially if we're gonna. Because JV, I don't think I think the drop coverage is twofold. One, because that's how the Bucks play in two, because that just fits JV's defensive style. Because he's not fleet of foot, so he Mm -hmm. can't be out there hedging on pick and rolls and guarding Dame once he gets downhill. Um, But again, that's gonna stop him from that one. Uh, when he comes around the pick and he has that, he walks right into a three and he loves that shot. Uh, yeah. it, I've heard him on multiple podcasts talking about, he was on JJ Reddick's podcast and JJ Reddick said, okay, so there's the bigs and drop coverage. You, you nerd comes up screens, you come around the screen, you see the big back. What do you do? And he says, I'm I'm pulling up and shooting that shit every single time. He was like, yeah. I'm not ever not shooting that shit. Like, yeah. Like if you see me not shoot it, like I was hurt or something crazy happened. Because that to me is like the best shot at that moment on the floor, uh, both percentage and point wise. You know, he he said it a different way, but that's what he, you know, that's what he was saying. Um, And uh, I mean, we cannot let that happen. He will get that shot every single offensive possession if we don't bring JV out of the paint. Got to. Yeah. And and especially on the t- the the tear he's on now. I mean, like <laughs> that that first game, you're right. He was and, and he he wasn't quite what we're at this level here, and like he was just kind of facilitating, and he hadn't gotten to the point where he'd think he needed to win games totally himself. Uh, but now he he knows
0: he needs to. So, you know who's been completely opposite of Dame in the bubble? Conchar. <laughs> no, close. Uh, shout out to Jitty Man. Yeah, uh, man. D'Anthony Melton He's averaged four points a game On 27% from the field 13% from three 40 fucking percent From the free throw line Three rebounds, two assists And he has played good defense He's got 1.5 steals But we're going to need a big De'Anthony game Portland Duck They will turn the ball over and get careless If D'Anthony can get his hands on some balls Ha 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 And get us going on the fast break that's what we got to do to beat this team. Portland doesn't play defense. They're going to let us score, but we know we can't score in half court. <laughs> like, So we got to – it's going to be on the defensive end, not fouling, not letting Dame go off, getting out and running. Dylan, zero fouls in the Milwaukee
1: game. How Damn. crazy is that? Zero fouls. And in fact, if he'd uh, if he'd have gotten more than two fouls in that game, he would have broken the season total record for fouls uh, for <laughs> Memphis Grizzly. But he didn't. He he got zero fouls. Like the 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 clouds parted and God's uh you know like ember shined down. He didn't break the record. Like he he
0: did a. I can't fathom that he didn't foul anybody. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Dylan. But a hater would say that well, he still played like seven less games <laughs> or however many less games it was than. The full regular season, so he would have, he gotten would have broken him. it. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. you know we need Dylan tomorrow, man. Like, can't God gotta have a good Dylan game? So there, there's. I mean, I've noticed. But I think like, we did it. Dylan
1: yeah? could get himself up. Yeah, he can, he can, he can. Big time that's, that's the problem with Dylan, though, and, and something we discussed ad nauseum is when he's good, he's not, he's good. He's not great, but he's good. He's a good NBA player. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's bad, he's like really, really bad. He's about as bad a guy you can have on the floor. Uh, and, and so, like, that's the problem is that it's not like a, you know, it's not like where he's, if he's not scoring, he's still doing other things for you kind of thing. Like, it's like, you know, that he, he's he's a, he's either a su- he suck or like a he adds, so it's just like the way, the nature of his game, uh, which makes him a really annoying NBA player, in my opinion. And Especially why I don't like if he's
0: him. Yeah. missing and fouling. <laughs>
1: That's what he does. Because it, it, yeah. immediately when he starts missing, he starts fouling, he starts playing a more aggressive defense to get himself going on that end. And it's just, it's automatic, man. And if he misses his first shot, or if his first shot, rather, is, more, is, is out of control or like some stupid-ass Dylan shot and he misses it, um, and then maybe he like takes the next shot. Then you know it's going to be a bad game. And on the contrary, uh, like we saw with this uh, this Milwaukee game, he got the two first buckets of the game. They were running great plays for him. He saw the ball go in, and he had a great game. I mean, I really think it's as simple as that. Like, yeah. I, I really, I really think he's a very simple guy. Like, he, he he likes sex. He likes hot women. And he like when the ball goes in, like a couple of times. I mean, and you know, same. Like, don't we all? Like, but you know, I think Dylan's just more like more simplified on that.
0: Oh man,
1: break that, that out on the uh, I'll break that out
0: on the Twitter <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, just a couple stats that kind of stuck out to me from the bubble in the eight games, the Grizzlies had the fifth best defensive rating. Which, as much as as I've cussed our defense in that's the group chat, I, I don't yeah. understand how that's even possible. Like teams do whatever they want against us. We also allowed the fewest second chance points and fa- fast break points. So, uh, you know, I've been harsh on the Grizzlies defense in the bubble, but I guess the numbers say, say a little, little different. You you buy into those numbers? Uh, numbers and numbers, man. You know, men lie, men lie <laughs> women lie. Uh,
1: the NBA Advanced Stats website does not. Or, or basketball <laughs> reference. I don't know where
0: you got those. That's uh, NBA.com, man. So Yeah, man. I don't, think uh, they, I don't think they would lie to me. So – the eye
1: test does not match that, but that's kind of what advanced stats are. Uh, is that sometimes they defy the reason? But the 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 problem with that is it hasn't contributed to winning. It might have contributed to not losing as bad because our offense has been so piss poor. It's probably yeah. why we've been in the games.
0: Honestly. Yeah, our offense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, our plus minus the the entire bubble is like only minus one. Uh, our point differential. So, what, you know, I uh, granted we did blow out OKC and Milwaukee, and they kind of rolled over in both games, but. For the most part, played tough, but yeah, like you said, we can't score. We can't score.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, really, like, the, the roster as constructed makes no sense. And it makes sense. It shouldn't make sense. I mean, it, like. Yeah, if it, we had Jaren and it, Tyus,
0: it'd be a different story.
1: Yeah, and, and we didn't know that Jobs was going to be this good immediately. We didn't know we'd already, like, need a roster to make a playoff push. Like yeah. to, to, we right. didn't know we'd have two guys to build around. And now we do from, from now on, really the just Winslow transaction is kind of that first like legitimate piece to move forward. And of course he's hurt. Uh, so from now on, like you just, all we need to do is guys that can defend and shoot the three. That's all we need. You know, like those are so easy to find, uh, just kidding like that That's like I feel like What, what Grizzlies Twitter says And Always. what And that's like my joke is Like yeah dude, All we need is a guy Shoes 40% Lock up D Can score at will And then like Everyone was commenting on there And being like You're
0: asking for an all-star man And I'm like Exactly like that like, <laughs> Yeah That's all we need though Seriously Yeah <laughs> um, Alright So Grizzlies Blazers At 1.30 On ABC Tomorrow Afternoon um, We both think We win one game Yeah Fuck it We're gonna yeah. win one game I yeah. think at least one. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else on the Grizzlies you want to hit on before we kind of talk about some of the playoff matchups and our thoughts on those? No. All right. Let's uh let's start in the East. We got the one c the Bucks and Magic. Do you care about that series? I don't. No. Bucks in five. Mo no nice. left the
1: bubble. Did you see that?
0: Oh, where's he going?
1: Uh, he <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to Texas. No, he's uh he's going to figure out if there are any long-term effects of having had COVID because he had it. Uh, he was like one of the first people to get it. And yeah. so like people are wondering whether it's a, like something happened and he's leaving or what, but there's a lot of studies out there, at least initial studies that show that, you know, maybe if you get over it, then there's still like potential long-term effects, even as a young person that seemingly had no symptoms. So, uh, yeah. prayers up for, uh, Obama. hope he's okay.
0: Yeah, that's a very shitty reason to leave. I thought he was going to be having a kid or something. That sucks. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, prayers up for Mo. Wow. Um, uh, the Raptors and Nets, you know, we did see the Nets compete last night, which shout out to the Nets for competing in that game against Portland. They had no reason Literally to do Literally no it. reason to. They it. just wanted yeah. to try to send Portland home. Like, yeah, so they did. Out. The Nets have a lot of fun guys. I mean, I can't believe I honestly can't believe they fired Kenny Atkinson. Um, Chicago, somebody needs to scoop him up. Chicago, because that team has a lot of talent. Yeah, uh, I mean, think about adding KD,
1: and if you yeah. can get some semblance of KD, and then Kyrie to that to that team, I mean, that's insane. That's an immediate title contender. Like, even yeah. if you get eighty percent of KD, still like yeah. that, that team is is good. Uh, and they just have a lot. They'll have a deep bench, obviously. Uh, and if if uh, Karis LeVert's your third guy, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, but that's next year. You think the Nets can win a game against the Raptors? Uh, yeah, I always I always think that a team will get one game. Yeah, especially with how many games all of these teams have played. Yeah. Like in no, no home court.
1: Yeah, and I mean honestly,
0: if you're the 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 better team, why not rest the guys a game or two to save for the latter rounds? All right, uh, three six. We got Boston and Philly. What could have been uh, the best matchup of the entire first round loses a lot of Lester without Ben Simmons. Uh, Mb, who knows? You know, playoffs come around. He's always got the flu, or his back hurts, or he stubbed his toe getting out of bed. So we'll see. <laughs> see if he makes it the whole guy. series. Or not an Mb guy, huh? I honestly love watching him play, but yeah. At this point, it is what it is. You know, it's always something. So let me tell you the, the, uh, I listened to him on JJ's pod too, which is great,
1: uh, even though it's got a weird literary name. The, and uh, B was on there, and they were, of course, teammates for a couple of years. And, and so it was a great candid and B conversation. But here's what I know I know that when a player that, that is, is one of those players that sort of underachieves, and everyone's like, why? He's got all the talent in the world. Like, what, you know, why can't this guy be consistently in shape, consistently there on the court, consistently dominant that we see him do? And he said these words, and it always reminds me. This is what he said. Uh, JJ asked him, "What are you doing?" Like, so you you play the games, and what do you do in your off time? And he's like, uh, "Just play video games, man." <laughs> and like, uh, and he was like, "So like, you know, you know, like, yeah, 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 we're all gaming. Like, what do you play?" And he's like, "Oh, like, he named all these games." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, but what else, you know?" And he's like, "Man, if I'm not playing a game, I'm in the room playing video games." And then JJ really didn't know what else to say because JJ's a thirty-five-year-old. Like lower middle class white guy <laughs> right. um, who has almost nothing in common with Embiid, other than they play basketball, and they're just like cool, two cool guys. Um, JJ, so forwarded the conversation along, but I also want to point out that Josh Jackson said that as well. That he's a big gamer. That's what he does. Like, uh, and then on the antithesis of that is when you talk to someone like Dame Lillard, who of course is you know literally the opposite of Embiid, probably in personality and every play style and everything. Uh, what's he doing in the room? He's watching every single other game. Uh, And there's this whole storyline now about that guys in the league don't watch NBA basketball like they don't like actually watch the other teams play. So they don't even understand the other team's tendencies or their personnel beyond the three minute video scouting report they get, you know, in the locker room an hour before tip. And um, and I really think there's something to that. Like uh, if you're like not honing your craft uh, and I understand R&R, like I'm not saying you have to be a psycho like Kobe. But I just think, like, that just kind of shows your, your personality. That's all you fucking do uh, otherwise. Like, you're not yeah. even reading, like, you know, like, just, I don't know, like, Hillary Clinton's biography or something. I don't know. Some, like, you're not broadening your mind, like, uh, on anything. Like, yeah. you're just playing, like, Call of Duty, which, you know, I'm not a gamer. So, I'm probably the bad person to talk about. But or they're not. he's not even playing 2K, like, basketball games. He's playing, like, yeah. first-person
0: shooter kind of shit. So,
1: I don't know. I heard that, and I was like, makes sense.
0: Yeah, I can't even like fathom that, that NBA players would not want to watch basketball. I mean, I know it's their job and and I don't want to talk about my job afterwards. But like as a high school basketball player, I was trying to see I was trying to read the other teams like local newspaper and see what they said about them. I'm like on the message board, seeing if anybody's talking about this certain team. Um, So just as a lover of the game. I can't can't imagine being in the NBA and just being like, no, I'm not watching the, the huge game tonight. <laughs> like, um, I know, yeah. And, and uh, notably,
1: Jaw's not a gamer, um, and he's yeah. talked about that. He's kind of like an old soul, I think. Uh though, Jaren's, yeah. Jaren's weird, but he's not a gamer either. Uh, he's he's just weird and like a. He was he grew up in a kind of a wealthy family, and like, you know, he's just a different kid, just a different kid. Likes anime. Mm-hmm makes his music but at least he has like creative passions outside like gaming to me is the biggest time suck and it adds nothing to your life like other than the little enjoyment you get you know doing it but like you don't develop anything doing it
0: hey sometimes you can win a grizzly bear blues 2k tournament though. that's true
1: (laughs) shout out grizzly bear Blues. shout out barn uh, all right. So anyway, sorry to Celt- derail that. But Celtics,
0: I, I, Sixers. I say Celtics in. I'm going to give them six. I, I, I think the 76ers might be able to push them to six. That's if Embiid is healthy and, you know, Embiid. Yeah, which you can't anticipate. I say, I say no. Celtics in five. All right. And the final one, four or five, Miami and Indianapolis Pacers. I like the heat. I got them in six. I think TJ Warren Jimmy Butler is a fun storyline, but – I mean, Jimmy's the better player. Um, I wish Indy had Sabonis. You know, I wish this was a fully healthy matchup. Uh, Did just see that Derrick Jones Jr. was carted off the court on a stretcher for Miami. So hopefully he's okay. Um, An athletic guy really helps them uh, in a variety of ways with his athletic ability. And, you know, he's not bad at basketball. So that helps. Uh, How do you feel about Miami Indy? yeah i like the heat
1: a lot just generally you Um, love jimmy i love jimmy i love bam i like that heat the heat team just like duncan robinson yeah um i I like tyler hero even though like i you know he's absurd as a person but um i just like the makeup of that team and uh and i like how they're they're still they're good but they don't have like you know they're not the heat of old they're not lebron and like the showtimey like superstar they they uh they just got guys that fit their system, and a lot of their guys are drafted guys that they really prioritized and got in the middle of the first round. So, it's just – I like teams that are built like that because, like, I it mean, makes me
0: think that we could have
1: a team like that.
0: Yeah. and Them in Brooklyn, like, I'd say have been the best at just developing talent and competing. Right. Um, yeah, shout-out to the Heat. Sorry to interrupt. but No, you're good. You're right. And, and so, yeah, I like the Heat a lot. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to win the series, but
1: I think every one of their series are going to go to six or seven. Like I think they're gonna just have to just knock
0: down drag out, but they're still gonna win if that makes yeah. sense. They're uh, not a great offensive team. Like in the half court, they really Jimmy's not a real forty point getter, um, and and le- unless they're you know getting the open shots for their shooters, they kind of struggle in the half court. Yeah, it's kind of where we
1: hope we hope we are in a couple years that that we have shooters like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero and. Um, Jaron can become more of a, a go-to guy like Bam Which he's probably a better scorer than Bam But he's not as confident quite in the offense as Bam is right now um, To be that number two guy So we'll see I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll watch them as much as I can But, uh, but yeah, East is East is, is somewhat boring Except for two of
0: those matchups are awesome Second round will be fun Yeah uh, I think Yeah, so um, Hopefully we get some interesting matchups Hopefully everyone stays healthy um, so no no upsets in the east. All right, let's go west. I guess we'll skip the Lakers because we don't know who they're playing. Um they might be playing us, they might be playing Portland. I'd say either way, Lakers are in five though. Just, <laughs> just off the top, no matter if it's us or Portland.
1: Yeah, although they you know they're without their, their team, like without uh, Avery Bradley, without Rondo, it's been said they just like they just have two guys and they're three through seven guys who I mean can you trust any of those guys? I know that their two guys are their two guys, and that's LeBron and Anthony Davis. So it's like, do you need anything else? But I think we've seen you do in a playoff series. So,
0: uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, Anthony Davis has never made it out of the first round. Um, yeah, yes, so he, he was uh, with the. Oh, yeah, they they beat Portland. Yeah, they that's beat, right. They yeah. swept him. They swept him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. So we'll see. Um, Going to be interesting to see him and LeBron. On the biggest stage, and if Kuzma, you know, we did, we saw him hit that game winner intentionally drawn up for him to hopefully get some confidence, so he could be that third guy on offense. Um, but then, then they got, guard him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Kyle Kuzma's—he's a
1: weird dude, man. Can't put those holy clamps on him, dude. <laughs> like, <I, laughs> just didn't
0: hoop. Like, Jesus <laughs> guarded <laughs> the Pharisees, dude. <laughs> they didn't play with shoes. Mm. Um, all right, so Clips, Mavs, two seven, Luca and Porzingis, can, can they win some games? Can they beat the
1: Clippers? So the, the Verno's whole thing on this is it's exactly like Donovan Mitchell in year two, and that um, that Paul George and Kawhi are going to alternatively lock up Luca, just trade off on him, and who are you know two of the greatest perimeter defenders perhaps in the history of our game. And uh, Luke is going to have a subpar series, and everyone's going to start saying, "Is he actually that good?" Uh, and it's like he's actually just twenty years old, and he, he's you know this is second year in the league, and he's already expected to do so much for his team, uh, and they won't win. No, will they win? I, I think they get one game, uh, but I just think I think we're about to see the team that we expected the Clippers to be. I think Kawhi is going to go into business mode, and we've seen Paul George be able to do that too, to, to less success than Kawhi but I think they're all about to you know, put on their suits and go to work. And I, I think they're about to
0: be dangerous. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if the Clippers finally mesh. Like, it seems seems like they haven't really been healthy for a long stretch all year. Um, Montrezl Harrell is clear to be around the team. So we'll see if he gets in, any action. Doc said uh, his situation was not ideal. He didn't specify what that meant, but um, like about his Playing in the first game So I don't know if Trez is out of shape Or, or what that could mean We'll see uh, I, I like the Mavs to get two games And make it a six game series uh, I, I just haven't seen enough From the Clippers yet So I know they have the talent Kawhi did this last year Went to a new team and carried them through the playoffs But the Raptors had been in Big series before and they had a core That had been together um, You know, Paul George We saw him choke the last two times we've seen him in the playoffs. Can he overcome that? Does it even matter with Kawhi? Um, And then the Montrez thing is big because him and Lou Will are, I mean, they'll they'll crush the Mavs bench unit, no no question. So I got clips in six. The three versus six, Denver, Utah. I don't like either of these teams. (laughs) Yeah, this is the battle of the teams that,
1: that no one actually takes seriously, including us, even though that used to be us. You know? Yeah. I right. mean
0: is, is Denver's guards I guess they're going to play. Um we saw them a couple times periodically in the bubble but and, I mean we saw a lot of good from Denver too even without their guards like they they held their own Utah man, I, I hate that Utah team. I wish I liked them. I don't they all seem like nice enough guys except for Rudy who's a prude. But I just don't like the way that team fits together so I'm taking Denver in 5.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. has been great. Uh, he's been kind of the, the upset of the, not upset, but surprise of the bubble. I think his immediate like uh, contribution, to winning, and being that guy that we thought he might be. So I'm excited to see him. And maybe he's that guy the Nuggets needed all along. You know, we've often thought like, what, who's the guy that takes that that last shot? It's really not Jokic, just because it's hard for a big man to do that. Yeah. You need a, like a wings sc- like creator to be able to get a shot off anywhere on the floor and. You know, I, I suspect Michael Porter Jr. is
0: going to get a couple of those in this series. We'll see if he puts them down. Yeah. Uh, Houston, OKC, Russell Westbrook going to miss a couple of games. Who do you like? Yeah, about? it all comes down to on that.
1: It depends on how long Russ is out because he's like so crucial to their the way that they play. Um, really, I mean, obviously like their second best player, but even more crucial to their success this year and playing that super small ball because the way that he can rebound as a guard and the way that he can um, the way that he cuts and knows where to be on the floor anytime Harden's doing his thing is really uh, is really valuable. And, uh, I mean, it, it's a cool storyline, too. You got uh, CP3 traded away from the Rockets for Russ. You've got Russ's old team, OKC. It would be even better if it was home and home and we had um, Russ had to go back oh. into the OKC, which would be incredible. Um, yeah. But, alas, you know, I, I don't know what to make of that series, man. I got seven games... Uh, and that would only be because of the Russ injury, uh, and uh, and it's a quad, right? So it's like yeah. kind of a scary injury. It's like a – you know, that's one of those – anytime I hear quad and hamstring, I'm always like, uh, you know, like you, you don't really know what to expect from there, um, especially
0: with a guy as explosive as he is. What do you think? I like Houston in six, but like you said, it depends on Russ. Um, OKC, I mean, OKC could really beat any team in the West, I feel like. They – Uh, especially now that Schroeder's back in the bubble. Uh, They've just got a lot of solid players. They play hard, and you don't want to be in a close game with Chris Paul. Uh, He can kill you in the fourth. Gallo can score. SGA is, you know, he's coming into his own. He's really a solid player, but he's not a superstar yet. Uh, Steven Adams can guard people down low, protect the rim, and then – when I see them, I feel like their role players always hit shots. So maybe I have a, uh, you know, a different view. But like Dort's and them, they're, they're athletic guys. But if Houston has Russ, they should win this game. And mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if Stephen Adams can stay. I mean, this series, if Stephen Adams can stay on the floor with Houston's small ball, small ball lineups, which is every lineup. So uh, that that'll probably be a big key. With if Steven Adams can make it or not. Yeah, and I mean, that that's what they're
1: betting on is that they they force the other team to adjust to them because threes mean more than twos, and that's like the simple math of it. But we'll see if it actually rubber meets the road in a seven-game series, you know, what happens. I mean, that man. playoff start, and it's exciting, man. I'm talking about, like, wall wall yes. games, like the playoff games are going to be at noon and stuff, but they're going to be, like, during throughout the day like they were for these eight seeding games. Wow, uh, so I didn't realize that. yeah, until the second round, then it's gonna go to the nighttime schedule like usual., uh, but there's just too many games to play over a short period of time. That also kind of goes to like the no rest thing. I think that they're over they're shooting their load too much on the whole like we don't have to travel thing and kind of like you know rush and because of the convenience, they can just schedule games like this. But man, these guys are tired. and the team that limps its way to the finals, the two teams i like, that might be bad basketball. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, yeah. how much energy they're going to have. I mean, I-, I could see the league almost like building in extra, like, off time. Um, you know,
0: if-, if guys look as tired as they looked at the end of this eight games, but I mean, and I we'll mean, think- I, under- I understand that, you know, maybe they wanted to compact the schedule as much as possible so guys could get out of the bubble and back to their, their families and stuff, but. I don't think the NBA season is actually going to start in December, so I don't understand why they're playing all these games so tightly together, um, unless it was what the players wanted to do. You know, it just doesn't seem – it goes against everything we've. It seems like to where we had gotten from a health standpoint with doctors' recommendations and you know no back to backs and stuff. like why are we playing back to backs when we're playing eight games in fourteen nights. Um, it, yeah, that that doesn't make sense,
1: and you, and you, it's there's no need for back to backs when you had when you had a whole summer, really an infinite timeline with which to plan this. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I do know that uh, I did see a tweet from True Hoop, which is a guy that used to be on. He was actually just on Lowe's Pod, uh, but he was also is a lifetime ESPN guy apparently, and now he has his own deal. But Henry he tweeted, Abbott. "You got it, Henry Abbott." I've oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He he uh, he tweeted that. Uh, Michelle Roberts, the president of the Players uh, Association uh, for the players in the NBA, uh, had has had multiple meetings with all the players in the bubble, and that the rumor is that the collective bargaining agreement is going to be ripped up, uh, is going to be um, uh, eradicated and um, under, I guess, the force majeure provision, and that they're going to have to renegotiate another one, which shouldn't be as big of a deal now that they've done the bubble thing. But also that she anticipates the, because of that she anticipates the re, the league not restarting until uh late january into march um so it's possible though it's not you know that's next march when things come back and then what does that mean for the you know how the schedule works and like does that change the calendar for the NBA from now on are we now on like this new cycle of how basketball is going to be played and all of this with covid looming and a vaccine that we all hope for but it would be a medical miracle for it to be uh, produced any sooner than 2022, really. Um, So like uh, I I do not anticipate things being normal in 2021 as well. Like I'm fully anticipating it to be a a year like this um, based on really the history of vaccines.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I can't make an argument with that, but uh, with that, we'll wrap up today's show. Grizzlies take on the Blazers in game one of the play in series. Saturday at 1.30 on ABC. Uh, if they win, you'll probably be hearing from us <laughs> Sunday. If not, it might be a while. Peace out. <laughs> Later.